Hello and welcome to Nerd Vomit. My name is Doug. I'm a nerd. This is my vomit. I'm joined by co-nerd Christina. What up, nerds? She's going to vomit me as well, and that vomit will be uh, mostly pretzel bits. Quit picking on my lunch. Um, the only show that's finally going to talk about weird flipper... We're going to talk about some weird things on the We're going to get some some weird shit. Um, Also, you made me rethink my entire uh, company's mascot. (laughs) Yes, that was fun. (laughs) Um, So be looking forward to hearing about that on Damn as I start breaking down more shit because I don't have enough on my plate. Yes. But stuff I got off my plate. Great segue, Doug. Scud, I've been waiting weeks to talk about this. So Scud is written by... Uh, are co-written for the most part and il- completely illustrated by Rob Schwab. Schwab. I'm not going well, to get his fucking last name right. Um, but he also became a, a director for um, the Sarah Silverman show. He wrote and directed episodes of uh, Community with his good friend Dan Harmon, who Dan Harmon co-created Rick and Morty, which while you don't watch, you yeah, know... The kind but of I've impact it. that it had. Yeah. Um, but Dan Harmon co-wrote epi- uh, issues of uh, Scud the Disposable Assassin, as well as its um, spinoff, Cousin uh, Notroid, which I didn't was. Know it had a spinoff. Yeah, it actually Scud does. Well, no one knows about Scud, so it's not a surprise you don't know about its spinoff. Um, well, yeah, I can say when you brought up Scud, you showed me a picture of Jeff, and I got it confused. We'll get into that in a second, because we didn't talk about Scud that episode. Um, but yeah, Scud was a independent comic from the mid-90s that has since been... Uh, it was on hiatus, off hiatus, on hiatus, off hiatus. Um, on and off relationship? Basically, <laughs> well, and with its creator, I'm just going to say Rob S., because let's not, you know, poke that bear. But, Saving um, yourself some heartache there, Doug. Well, weirdly, you should say that. <laughs> Actually, Scud was written uh, based on a girl breaking up with Rob S. Did not know that. Yes. Um, and by the time he... The, the heartbreak wasn't so bad that, like, by the time he had already started Scud, it was over. He was in a, another major relationship. That relationship broke him. Oh. And reading... The complete Scud, you can tell exactly when. Poor Scud. Um, Because Scud is very much its author, uh, Rob S. Um, Because he is a, what's called a heartbreaker um, model assassin. But basically the premise is that there are these vending machine assassins from a company called Scud Co. Called and the assassins are called Scuds. Yeah. Um, that when the target is eliminated, they self-destruct. Perfect crime. Yeah. Right? No traces, Killer dies. No yeah, exactly. Um, Scud figures that out by accidentally looking at a bathroom mirror and seeing that like the warning label on his back that says he'll explode if his first target is killed, which is Jeff. We'll get into Jeff in a second. Uh, so basically, Scud puts kills enough of Jeff to put her on um, life support and then takes assassin jobs to you know pay for the life support. So he doesn't explode because he didn't actually Exactly. Her, but he took her out. Kind of. 
he takes he takes Jeff out of the he takes her he takes her off kind of the radar. Yeah, I was gonna say game board, but like yeah, um, and he starts taking jobs for like the like cyborg mafia, which is bleeds into the the spinoff, which was uh, Cosa Nostroid, okay. uh, written by Dan Harmon, who co-created. Uh, community, well, created community and co-created um, Rick and Morty. We like Dan Harmon, basically. Um, okay. Has a great documentary where halfway through he realizes in his own documentary he's the bad guy. Really? Yeah, really. Huh. Like, he... Okay, so Dan Harmon... Okay, sidebar. Dan Harmon has had... Still has? Might have had... Not sure the the tense on that one, the verb tense, uh, but had a podcast called Harmon Town, where it was like him talking about like you know being a creative and working in the industry and like a, a dungeon, an ongoing Dungeons and Dragons okay. game um, that was kind of serialized. And Harmon Town, the podcast, like went on like some kind of like twelve city tour. And Harmon talks about, he goes, oh, yeah, like, based on Joseph Campbell's uh, The Hero of a Thousand Faces. Okay. Um, are you aware of, I don't want to get too much deeper, but are you aware of The Hero of a Thousand Faces by Joseph Campbell? No. Basically, uh, every hero has a set of, like... Like, like skills quotes. No, 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 like, but every hero goes through a certain, a certain journey. Gotcha. Um, okay. Everyone from Jesus to Luke Skywalker. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, they have the same hero's oh. journey. Like, yeah, it's the hero of a thousand faces. They all have the same journey. It doesn't matter if it's Jesus or Buddha with Siddhartha or Luke Skywalker or Rick and Morty. Like. They all have the same. They all have a hero's journey. Okay. Um, it goes along the same, like, I think in Joseph Campbell's, it's like 12 to 16. Um, in the end, uh, Harmon boils it back down into a different, kind of a um, subverted version of his uh, journey quest. Okay. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, Don't where go am too I far into it. Yes, yes, yes. Um... Back to Scud. Yeah, so I'm going, go I'm going way deep into like Joseph Campbell and you know. Yeah. We dove pretty much really deep down that rabbit hole. Right. No, we didn't. No. Well, for me, that yes. was deep. So he has like, you know, the the, the hero's quest. Um, Scud continues uh, down through his quest and with Rob S.'s Hades, multiple hiatuses. Yeah. Uh, Hades, um, you find him, A, like the writer and the character, like growing exponentially. Okay. Um, which is great. You do find out that Jeff, let's talk about Jeff a little bit. Jeff is a tiger lady body with a squid for a belt, uh, tentacles for arms that end in mouse traps with thumbs, which I showed you. Yes, that was uh, interesting. A plug, a male plug uh, for a head, and these weird 
Is it like robotic art? No. No, the le- the legs are. Well, I thought the legs had the mousetrap hands. No, no, no. That was the arms. Oh, that so was it was the tentacles arms. that ended in mousetraps of thumbs. Gotcha. And then it, its legs. Her legs. Its legs. It 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 says her. No, I know. Uh, you didn't quite explain that to me the, the first time you the, showed me, Jeff. The knees have mouths that talk. And then instead of feet, it's hands, but they're not arms. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, they bend like knees. I'm describing this for the listeners. Yeah. I know you've seen the picture. Just Google It's still scud. a very interesting picture. Oh, God, yeah. Um, I loved it. Uh, it made me start drawing my dream creatures which I talked about on Tam uh, I think last week where just the art like when it was unpacking in my brain I had like really weird animals in my dreams because the art is so ridiculously off the map Um, read Scud basically I'm losing steam on this one Um, read Scud Uh, they have what's called the whole shebang which is um, all three kind of phases of it. Uh, oh, it has phases. Well, I mean, like just that, like it started with a broken heart. Yeah. And then it went, and then it was like, oh, Rob S is in a really good relationship, so there's no yeah. scud. And when he gets his heart broken, in a very major way, and you can tell in the story when you, yeah, because like. He brutally kills like a love interest. Like Scud gets contracted to kill the world because his love interest and has died. Jeff. Well, Jeff, you find out is kind of a an angel of death, uh, and that these weird angels have constrained God, and that's in the third kind of volume. But basically, like the fact that like. Scud finds love, and you're like, oh, he's okay. And that's like kind of where the story ends. And then at the end of the second iteration, when obviously Rob is going through a huge breakup that yeah. it sounds like it broke him, um, he kills the love interest horribly. It's a studio, like, she gets her limbs shot off. She is, by angels, like, she is not going to be brought back. And that's when he gets contracted to kill the world. And it's like, well, yeah, my love is gone. Who cares? Yeah, like, I'm... Yeah, like, you want him to kill the planet? I'll kill the planet, Earth? whatever. Yeah. Because now that all the angels have the stuff... They just wanted stuff. Um, they've got all the stuff they want. Yeah. Who gives a fuck about the Earth? And... Which you could read into that with... Some emotional... Something. Yeah. Like, basically... The love interest got everything she wanted. She was killed. Fuck the earth. Yeah. Um, and by the end of the third third act, we'll call it, um, the love interest is brought back. Now, at this point, Rob S is in like a great relationship with the girl who does the introduction, and she's like, "Hey, here's how it kind of worked out," um, and how he like you know. I asked him to finish it. Yeah. Because I wouldn't know how it would end. And it ends with, like, Susudio, yes, like the song, uh, being brought back to life with, like, an eternal heart so she can live with her robot 
Glover, and um, he has like a, a logo that's like a, a literally like a lightning bolt like through a heart, like a broken heart. And he goes, finally, like everything's okay. And she's like, not yet. And she takes a bit of her blood and she fills in that lightning bolt. And I swear to God. Did you have some tears? I got misty. I got misty. I was like, okay. okay. Um, that would make me misty. Scud the whole shebang. Um, I recommend the entire uh, collection. Also, physically, the collection holds up. Um, I have almost bought a collection by, uh, by Brian K. Vaughn. No. Yes. Uh, called Ex Machina, which is a great series. I don't know how it fucking ends. Because um, I never finished it. I was going to buy like the complete series like in like a couple books. But um, the reviews of the books literally fell apart. Oh, like, like the, the spine. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Like the books physically fell apart fell apart so I so I've never finished Ex Machina yeah um whereas Scud I was like the whole thing physically held up emotionally held up the story holds up I think it's great I mean I think it's so now I feel like I need to borrow it I'll let you borrow it cool Uh, and then the rest just how fucking crazy dude there's a Ben Franklin is a zombie master in this? What? Yeah. There's there's a part in is the third... Is it because he discovered electricity? Yeah, and managed to... <laughs> Bring people back to life. Well, that's after he went to hell and then came back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he, he talks about hell's new master, who's kind of the older brother slash incarnation of one of the other assassin characters named Drywall, who's covered in zippers and can just, like, unzip and, like, pull things out of, like, a... Vortex? Um, I would call it a hammer space. Okay. Um, look up hammer space. I'm not gonna describe it. We're not gonna go through that rabbit hole. But, uh, it's basically, yeah, like, obviously something that's smaller than the object that it's pulling out of is hammer space. Okay. Um, it comes out of Felix the Cat and his magic bag. Um, it's very well used in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which is a movie you've seen? I've actually seen that one. It's great. It's been 10 years since that came out. It's been a while. I know, right? I love Scott Pilgrim. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Bread makes you fat. Love that line. Um, speaking of sagas and graphic design, and graphic novels. Uh, I, I really do want to talk, touch on this a little bit before we get into we'll talk about Sword and Shield. I know you're getting twitchy. No, I'm not. I'm totally fine. I did uh, reread the first half of Saga by Brian K. Vaughn. Speaking of Brian K. Vaughn, I brought him up earlier. Um, Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples have crafted one of the most amazing graphic novels I've ever read called Saga, which if you haven't read, ask your friend Michelle, she'll fucking tell you. She probably would. Uh, yeah. And basically, they decided to take a year off at the halfway point, which was two years ago, ending it on a cliffhanger, and there hasn't been anything since. No. 
and I've been rereading it because I'm like, you know, I'm bored. I got nothing to do, so I'm like, oh, I'll reread Saga. I got through all nine books. <laughs> Your face says otherwise of why you shouldn't have and should have. I mean, I think I think you should read it because I think it's a fantastic book. I think subtly the way he talks about parents, um, which is basically his whole take. Like he built this world when he was like in like seventh grade, which is like a kind of a sci-fi magic world yeah. with like civil war and it's very like epic. Okay. But then at the heart of it is very much about like parenting, like. A mother, a father, the daughter, and like parenting. Because okay. I think he started writing it after the birth of his second kid, or right before the birth of his second kid. Okay. So a lot of it is about like, pre- like pregnancy and like what happens after that, and like parents don't know what they're always doing, which is very true. You I'm would have experience with that. Well, and even if I don't, your parents had no idea what the fuck they were doing. No. No parent knows what the fuck they're doing. And they actually do have a part where they talk about, like, the grandparents coming in and going, well, you're doing it wrong, because we did it this way. And they're like, well, the parents go, well, we're doing it this way. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. And it's hard. Different ages of growing up cause different types of Different generations, yes. At the heart of it is very much about parenting and all of that but it's set like in a, in a backdrop of like this horrific civil not civil war but like war that started between a planet and its moon and has now been like the war has been like outsourced for lack of a better word uh, to like other planets where the war itself between the planet and the moon originally isn't even there anymore yeah and of course these star-crossed lovers of the horns and the Landfallians, yeah. or the wings and the horns, they fall in love and blah blah blah, and they have a baby. And it's fantastic. Read Saga. Moving on. I'll, I'll let you borrow the books. There's um, a lot I can always borrow from you whenever you bring it up. But uh, rereading it, like, it sucks that like I got to like once again the end of the ninth book out of the proposed eighteenth book. Wow. Like once again, like. After the end of book nine, Brian K. Vaughn said, or the writer, and, and uh, Fiona, Apple, uh, Fiona Apple, Fiona Staple, Staple? Staples, the artist. Go with it. Yep. Um, said, hey, we're taking a year off, which the midpoint ends on such a cliffhanger where you're like, I get where you have to take a year off. Yeah. Like, and, um, that was two years ago. So they said, oh, we're going to take but a year it's off. it's such a cliffhanger that you want more of the story, right? I want the story to end. I need to know what happens to Marco at the end oh, of the that cliffhanger. Oh, it's that kind of cliffhanger. A mate, the father character is mortally wounded. And we oh. don't know if he dies or not. Oh, shit. And there's a part where... It, there's like a trans character and a character who is physically fluid sexually. Okay. Um, but as a TV for a head, uh, Prince Robot the Fourth, we're not going to get into yeah, numbers. Yeah, let's not, no. Um, we already did that before the show. <laughs> yeah. But, like, 
he and the trans character and his son, whose mother was brutally murdered, and he finally like reconnects with his son, who's like maybe eight or eight or ten, um, and is like, okay, we're gonna reinvent a life with me and. <laughs> anyway, he gets so close to a new life, and then this guy kills them. The will, who's like, it's like the blank is always like a um, bounty hunter name. Yeah. Um, like it's the will, and his sister is the brand, and his girlfriend was the stock, who's like this weird armless spider lady who Prince Robot the Fourth seemingly kills in cold blood, but isn't. Huh. Like I'm telling you, like I, I can't explain. Like Saga it's something you have to read. Absolutely. Same with Scud. I'm just gonna. You're just gonna come the next time we like record. You're just gonna come up with a stack of stuff. Be like read. Like, like <laughs> this. Like I'm doing like a, a foot and a half style. Like. I can see that happening. You just come in and be like here. About I have the length of my dick <laughs> of graphic novels. You wish. <laughs> You're right. Those graphic novels ain't that big. Ha <laughs> ha. Shit. <laughs> Bam! How long that take? 21 minutes. I'm doing a shot to that in case you're wondering why it all went silent. Keep snorting. <laughs> not at a point, folks. I'm not taking any of that silence out. So what are you? Got you me been- like teary and I from laughing so hard. <laughs> okay. Well, before I break your brain on <laughs> other stuff, because I got to bring up, I got to bring up some notes. Um, God. What have you been into? Well, as you know, I have actually recently just started back up with Pokemon Shield. Mm-hmm. I didn't get Sword, so I finished the main part a while ago, and then I bought the Isle of Amor, which is the new DLC that you could download. One thing I originally didn't like about the game is you couldn't get what's called the National Pokédex, so you could get all of the Pokémon once you completed the game. Pokédex or Pokédex? Pokédex. Okay. Pokédex. So it gives you all the information of all the creatures, all the Pokémon, whatever. You couldn't get that. So in order to save on like time to create the game, gameplay they decided to create DLCs. And honestly, since the DLC, it's not bad. It's kind of nice not finishing the game and being like, okay, you have to go grind and catch all of these. It kind of, you get another storyline to go with it to find stuff. So, so far I've been enjoying that. The other thing I've liked is that you don't have to trade to get trade-evolved Pokemon. Like, Scyther evolves into Scizor when traded. Wait, what? Scyther evolves into Schizor when traded. So you have to trade. Yeah, and my weird ones are Jeff. <laughs> so, yeah. There's also ice cream Pokemon called Vanillish. That's just lazy writing. So, yeah, there's some. That's just lazy writing. Yeah, but there's some, yeah. But, so there's that. But you can now find them spawned in the wild in the the newer this newer game. We gotta be uh, obviously like a low like, spawn rate or yeah, it's a rare spawn or, or high luck rate or whatever you wanna call it. There's that, but also it's a special weather conditions because the game now has weather, so you can get about eight 
eight different weathers, like from foggy to sandstorms to hail to snow to cloudy, sun, clear, all that. So Colorado in two days. <laughs> anyway. With rain and thunderstorms, yes. So Colorado, yeah. So yeah. So depending on the weather, depends on which Pokemon spawn. Okay. So it, it kind of helps on that part, especially when you don't have someone else that plays with you to be able to get those trades. You can just find them, make it a little easier. Okay. So like that, I'm just about finished. I got like one more, one more. I have to battle the Dojo Master on the Isle of Amor, and I think I finished that part. And I have to wait till this fall to get the next DLC. Sword? Or I could get sword. But oh, two. shield is its own thing, and then you get sword. So there's Pokemon Sword and Shield. They're two different versions of the same game, but each one also has Pokemon exclusive to the game. Right. Where in order to get all of them, you either have to trade. You have to trade with somebody that has the opposite game. Exclusively. Yeah. Right. So, so I just about finished Shield. I just have to wait for this fall to get the crown, which is the next DLC. I, I think I'm missing a part of that tile, title, but... But yeah, that's what it... But that's what's all I've been doing is grinding away on Pokemon. Not very exciting like your games. Okay, yeah. Thanks, thanks for the... In Thanks for the intro on that one. You're welcome. I love having those great segues sometimes. So yeah, Borderlands 3, which we haven't talked about in a while. Yeah, it's been a good good while. A good while. Um, the new DLC story campaign came out, Bounty of Blood. Okay. Um, it's fun. What's the theme? Western. Cool. Really? Yeah. Le- leading <laughs> questions. I tried, um, Okay. It's it's all right. Like I, it really, it came out the same week that um, part of us, uh, Last of Us Part Two came out. Okay. So I was like, well, I'm gonna play Last of Us Part Two because that's immoral and emotional. We're real close to you can hear about it on other shows. Um, or if we want to talk about the fact that like people are getting death threats, like the what? act. The actual talent from that is getting death threats. Why? Um, people are not happy. Oh, that's not good. When I when I heard the game was divisive, I you know I'd say I played it and I went I don't know why it's like divisive like you know and I guess yeah. Um, so you play the first half. I'm gonna get too much into it real quick because um, I talked about last week. I'm, yeah. No applause, just a clap. But, um. You play the first half as Ellie, one of the main characters from the first game. Uh, and as Ellie, you're hunting Abby, the woman that killed Joel, your father figure. Halfway through the game, you change perspectives and start playing as Abby. Okay. Where you find out that Joel killed Abby's father in the first Last of Us. And she's on a father figure like revenge quest as well. So basically, okay. when Deb asked last week, who's the good guy and who's the bad guy, I went, there isn't one. Know. There isn't one. Wow. You do, you do empathize. Well, I empathize with Abby. I do empathize with Ellie. And you do find out that like both characters are in love triangles involving 
a pregnant lady. There's, yeah, there's pregnant oh, people. Oh, boy. Yeah, and one of the pregnant ladies uh, dies, and she's pretty fair along, so that baby's oh, dead, too. Which causes one of the characters to go into emotional shock. Wouldn't um, surprise me. It's, well, and, okay, so I've talked about it, that you also have the new dynamic where dogs can follow you. Okay. And so last week, Lizzie went... Oh, so you go through water, or you get far enough away from the dogs. And I go, yeah. yeah. Or you kill the dogs. You did tell me a little I bit I don't want to kill... I didn't want to kill the dogs. And then when you play as... Okay, I hadn't done it yet when we talked about it. Like, because Ellie is up against the dogs. Yeah. When you play as Abby, you have the dogs on your side, and it's like... It's like they're your dogs. And then it's like they like say the name of the dog, and I go, "Oh fuck, I killed that dog like ten hours ago." Yeah. Like, As the other in, in gameplay, that? yeah. And you're like, "Oh my god!" Like I attach myself to the dog, and then I realize, "Holy fuck!" I killed that. dog. I killed that poor dog. That would be rough in a game. It's super rough. That's so got it. the woman that did the um, the Abby character of uh, voice can of uh, uh, mocap and voice and all that excuse me uh, has been getting death threats rape threats like and Naughty Dog the studio's like we don't support this obviously we knew it'd be divisive and we knew that not everyone would like it but like it's a game stop well yeah like we appreciate that they should well I'm paraphrasing here when I say this I'm not quoting them they appreciate that like obviously like there are strong emotions. Yeah. Which is fine. Do not death threat or rape threat, okay, anyone ever. And two, based on video games. But yeah, um, I this believe... This day and age so sensitive anyways. Lauren, so. I believe her name is Lauren Bailey is the one that plays um, Abby has like posted like stuff on like Instagram going like, like I'm usually very positive but like this is ridiculous and people are like, if I see you in public, I'll kill you. Holy shit. Yeah, like, it's... People are taking very visceral reactions to... And you can take visceral, visceral reactions to the game, like I did, where I go, oh my god, like, I have to kill a dog, or I don't, you know... The violence is so realistic and conflicted emotionally and yeah. morally. But I don't blame the actors. Yeah. I don't. So I have a question. Okay. So this is all happening now with this game, with the the dogs and the in this game. What do you think would have been the opinion ten years ago if something like this? Had this come game out? wouldn't have been made ten years ago. That's the thing. You know, you know I what get I mean. That, but the whole, you know, everyone's reactions with the killing of the dogs and everything. If this was in something ten Next years ago, yeah. Next to nothing. That's where my question was going. Not that the game would have been made, but if it had been made ten years ago. Next to nothing. Yeah. I kill aliens constantly in games. People get, kill other people in games and... In Borderlands, I kill thousands, as we're getting to Borderlands, thousands of, like, you know, psychos, quote-unquote psychos, or whatever they, they are in, uh, in the Western genre, or in um, Love, Guns, and Tentacles, or, uh, what is it, uh, Maxie's... Moxie's uh, heist. Whatever, like, 
I'm killing everything. Yeah. And at no point does anyone care. But then you bring dogs into the mix and it's like, oh my god! I cleverly managed to lure a dog and its handler into a doorway and then like throw a malted cocktail lighting them both on fire and the sound the dog made was not okay. They made that dog sound realistically lit on fire. Like, yeah, like, one thing, I'm not okay with it. And whenever you, like, Ellie or Abby die, they're like stunted groans of a death rattle are way too realistic. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I literally jumped off a ledge I shouldn't have, like, jumped off of, like, and most games would go, oh, you went, like, off a ledge. So not like Zelda, where you just go, uh, uh, dead. Dead. I jumped into a river, and I hit my head on a rock, and it was, like, <laughs> realistically, the of the like, c- I hit my head on the rock, and I went, like, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, yeah. <laughs> Like, you're laughing, but, like, the sound Only she by makes, your reaction, like... Your I know, but, effect, like... But I can like, imagine. Like, it's, like... Okay, here's the deal. Like, a blood-curdling kind of, like... Did you ever see Unbreakable? No. Okay, A, you're wrong. B. <laughs> I'm always wrong, because I never see anything that you've seen. There's... Do you understand... Do you know the premise of Unbreakable? No. Judge me all you want, nerds. As well, you should. There's a scene where... Okay, so Samuel Jackson's character, Mr. Glass, has bones that can, like, break, like, in a breeze. Yeah, right? they're like, made of glass. Yeah, it's Mr. Glass. So, um, at one point, he's, like, chasing down, like, a lead from... from uh, uh, Bruce Willis who's like not he, he literally is unbreakable like he's never broken a bone he's never been sick the opposite he's, of glass he's superhuman yeah there's a part where and it's like going down like you know when people go down stairs like in a subway scene in a movie Mr. Glass slips oh no and every time he hits a stair multiple bones break and the sound is sickening. Like, nauseatingly. Well, I mean, sickening. That's what nauseate means. Yeah. But, like, I cannot watch that, that fucking scene. It's like a skate video where, like, they break a bone, but, like, for, like... Amplified by... A minute. A minute and a half. And he's just screaming, like, ah, ah, ah. And it's like, bone break, bone break, bone break, crunch through the skin, crunch, crunch, crunch. Like, uh, that's dying in um, in Last of Us Part Two. Gotcha. Back to Borderlands. I don't even know how we got there. I think you were talking about Last of Us, and then yeah, you no, I about don't. The realistic yeah, I don't, I don't sound. need breadcrumbs. Um, long story short, Bunny of Blood. It's fun. Uh, it's not as great as the other two DLCs, but I do want to talk about Borderlands Science. Uh, Borderlands Science was something that came into the Borderlands game in April. Okay. Uh, I hadn't played it since then because it was in between DLCs. 
basically it's a puzzle matching game that in real life uh, helps uh, DNA sequencing in real life. So basically it's an arcade game where you line up like four different... The GTA and C? Yes, basically. But they set it up as like a kind of a match match three, match four yeah. kind of puzzle game. And in real life, because Mayim Bialik is the narrator for this, and this is real, real. Um, the more well, puzzles you solve, the more they teach an AI computer how to solve um, helping uh, solve uh, DNA puzzles uh, to help cure cancer. In like real time, it's uh, like... Not real time. Basically, there, okay. are, there are 150 million puzzles. And in one month, Borderlands fans playing the game, Borderlands Science, which is like a little arcade cabinet yeah. game like in Borderlands, um, solve 36 million puzzles. Wow. Uh, teaching an actual AI how to resequence DNA because some of the like germs or whatever it was, whatever it was like sequencing are so close that the computer thinks it's like the same thing, but the human mind will go, oh no, it's different by yeah one or X, two X Y and Z. It's different by this one two three yeah like three different things. So they actually introduced this mini game, which you get like in-game incentives and it's nice. Yeah. But like, you actually are helping the world to cure cancer. cancer. That's cool. Like, it's fucking crazy. So please look up uh, Borderlands Science. I'm not describing it as well as I should be. Um, I almost want to try it, but I don't want to It's It's really fun. Like, it is really fun. And the thing is like, some of the puzzles aren't 100% solvable because they go, well, this is just what them, it is, but some of them can't be lined up ultimately. Um, I did about 20 of them, so you're welcome if it saves you from cancer. Um, or I wish saves there was a way to cancer. just download the Borderlands Science. I think you actually can play it online through okay. PC or stream. Or not, Steam? Uh, Steam. Uh, not something, once again, please look up. Please do it. Um, 36 million, million out of 150. That's not third, my almost 20. a third of the way there. Oh, that's, well, that's what, 20%? I mean, yeah. that's great. I said almost a third because 50 million would be a third of the way. If it's 150. 150 million. Yeah, you had 36 million solved, so 150 million would have been, so you're almost about a third of the way there. Yeah, we're getting there. Yeah, 20%, third of the way there. Save me from cancer, goddammit, by playing Borderlands. <laughs> Quit smoking and you'll save yourself from cancer. Yeah, well, I'm getting there. Well, I don't know about that. You might not be able to save your soul now. Soul? No. Body? Yes. Um... All I got left is, well, okay. Short version of this. Uh, Harley Quinn season finale, or season two season finale. It's been finale. a while since we've talked about Harley Quinn, I yeah, feel it's like. it's been a while. Like, we've talked about other stuff and other Last shows. time I think I remember is Ivy and Harley hooking up. Oh, they hooked up, and it ruined 
Ivy's wedding with Kite Man. Kite Man came into his own and goes, you know what? If this is true love, follow it. I'm fucking Team Kite Man. That guy came through. He was a fucking real man, and I love it. I never thought I would ever talk about Kite Man being like, like, I'm lifting my fist yeah. up like, bro, bruv. That's fucking hard for Kite Doug Man. to do, by the way. Why? No, Because of cancer and borderline science? <laughs> no, you don't get that energetic about certain things. Or about everything. This is a few times I've seen you raise your fist at the things, but not, not often. Ross the yeah. fucking Kite Man of all people. And it's Kite Man. Kite Man. Guess what his fucking power is? Oh, he doesn't have one. He just has a, a kite. kite. His outfit is a kite. He has literally made jokes where he goes, I'm not useful unless there's a strong breeze. <laughs> and he wants to get married like in a corn museum or something? Because it's rustic. Props, bruv. Support to Kite Man. But yeah, he realizes that Harley and Ivy, uh, what I call Poison Quinn, because I'm not going to call him Har- 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 Harley like, Ivy. Or Harvey, yeah, whatever it is. Harvey. Yeah, Poison Quinn. Harl V or whatever it is. Um, fucking Poison Quinn. They go driving off like fucking into the sunset. No. Yeah, but like not off a cliff. Like um, those two ladies, Thelma and Louise. Thelma and Louise, uh, iconic movie. Never seen it. You Brad can. Pitt's first real appearance. Yeah, never seen it. Brad Pitt's an actor. I know Brad Pitt's an actor. Gina Davis? Oh, fuck you. Gina Davis? Have you ever seen League of Their Own? The baseball movie. With the ladies. I might have. I might not remember. Oh my god. If I pull this out of my ass and you go, Yo, that one? I'm gonna actually go to jail for slapping you across this table. Long kiss, good night. Nope. With Craig Burko? Okay, cool. (laughs) Alright, fine. So Gina Davis is a very well-known actress. Susan Sarandon is in it. Is it really bad with names? But if you're going to show me a picture, I might know. Oh, you would know everyone. Probably, yeah. But it's just probably, I feel like I've seen League of Their Own because the title sounds very familiar, but I was probably... Madonna, Rosie O'Donnell, Tom Hanks. Tom motherfucking Hanks. There's no crying in baseball. That sounds very familiar. Yeah, it should. It's one of those well-known lines from that movie. Get off my back, Doug, and continue. No, I'm a screechy little, like, movie Yoda. Yeah, you are. And I want to end on screechy back Yoda, but, like, I can't because I have to finish this whole fucking... Okay, so... Just end there and we'll start tomorrow and next week. Where you left off. <laughs> I don't want to be your screechy Yoda, but I will be your screechy Yoda. I'd love for you to be my screechy Yoda. Who wouldn't? <laughs>
Black Falls, and I Hate Kathy Hammond. We can be found by searching for The BACN on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music, or at www.bacnpodcast.com.